You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated and time-consuming fast. Now you can assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more with a single platform, Vanta. Vanta's leading trust management platform helps you continuously monitor compliance alongside reporting and tracking risk. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn why thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection, unify risk management, and streamline security reviews. Watch Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot cyber. Avanti products are under active zero-day exploitation. FEMA drone is a new open-source info stealer. Bishop Fox finds exposed sonic wall firewalls. GitLab and VMware patch critical vulnerabilities. The Secret Service foils a phishing scam. Europol shuts down a crypto-jacking campaign. Ransomware hits a Majorca municipality. Rusi looks at ransomware. Ben Yellen explains the New York Times going after OpenAI over data scraping and the sad case of an Ohio lottery winner. It's Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. everyone. Thanks for joining us here today. We're glad to have you with us. Avanti's Connect Secure VPN and Policy Secure Network Access Control appliances are currently facing mass exploitation due to two zero-day vulnerabilities, as reported by Veloxity, a threat intelligence company. The vulnerabilities enable authentication bypass and command injection. These have been actively exploited in widespread attacks since January 11th of this year, affecting a range of organizations globally, including Fortune 500 companies across various industries. Attackers have used a web shell variant named Gifted Visitor to backdoor systems. As of January 14th, over 1,700 Avanti ICS VPN appliances have been compromised worldwide. Avanti has not yet released patches for these vulnerabilities, 
and administrators are advised to implement vendor-provided mitigation measures on all ICS VPNs and use Avanti's Integrity Checker tool. Any data on compromised ICS VPN appliances should be considered breached. Shadow Server's Threat Monitoring Service reveals over 16,000 exposed ICS VPN appliances online, with nearly 5,000 in the United States. Attackers, including a suspected Chinese state-backed group, are using these vulnerabilities to execute arbitrary commands on defected devices. Mandiant has identified five custom malware strains in these attacks, aimed at dropping web shells, deploying additional malicious payloads, and stealing credentials. The most notable malware is called Zipline, a passive backdoor with extensive capabilities like intercepting network traffic and creating reverse shells. Previous exploits of Avanti's vulnerabilities in recent years have targeted government, defense, and financial organizations in the U.S. and Europe. Bleeping Computer reports on a malware campaign using a new open-source info-stealer called FEMADrone, which exploits a Microsoft Defender smart screen vulnerability to bypass Windows security prompts. FEMADrone harvests data from web browsers, cryptocurrency wallets, and applications like Discord, Steam, and Telegram, sending this information back to attackers for further malicious use or sale. The exploited Microsoft Defender flaw was patched in November 2023, but had been actively exploited in attacks. It allows attackers to compromise users through specially crafted internet shortcut files or hyperlinks, bypassing usual Windows smart screen warnings. This vulnerability poses a heightened risk for unpatched systems due to available proof-of-concept exploits. Phenodrome targets data from various applications, including passwords and user information from Chromium and Gecko browsers, crypto wallet data, Discord authentication tokens, FTP details from FileZilla, and hardware and system information. Trend Micro notes that other malware families have also targeted this Windows flaw, including ransomware. Researchers from Bishop Fox discovered that over 178,000 Internet-exposed SonicWall next-generation firewalls are vulnerable to exploitation. These vulnerabilities affect SonicWall NGFW Series 6 and 7 devices. They are unauthenticated denial-of-service vulnerabilities that could potentially lead to remote code execution. Although a proof-of-concept is public, there have been no reported attacks exploiting these vulnerabilities. The researchers used binary edge data to locate SonicWall firewalls with exposed management interfaces, finding that 76% of the just under 234,000 firewalls they analyzed were vulnerable to one or both issues. Sonic OS, SonicWall's operating system, reboots after a crash, but if it crashes three times in a short period, it enters maintenance mode, requiring administrative action. The latest firmware addresses these vulnerabilities, and administrators are advised to upgrade and ensure the management interface is not publicly accessible. Despite the theoretical potential for remote code execution, the likelihood of such exploitation remains low due to challenges in bypassing security measures and the difficulty in remotely determining specific firmware and hardware versions of targeted devices. GitLab is releasing patches for a critical vulnerability in its email verification process, 
that could allow attackers to reset user passwords and take over accounts. This flaw with a maximum severity score of 10.0 on the CVS system was introduced in May 2023 with GitLab version 16.1.0 due to a change allowing password reset via a secondary email address. Attackers could exploit this vulnerability to send password reset messages to unverified email addresses, potentially leading to account takeovers. However, users with two-factor authentication are less vulnerable, as attackers won't be able to bypass the 2FA method. GitLab has not observed any exploitation of this flaw on its managed platforms, including GitLab.com. VMware has addressed a critical vulnerability in its ARIA automation platform with a CVSS score of 9.9. ARIA Automation is an infrastructure automation platform used for managing multi-cloud environments with an emphasis on governance and DevOps-based delivery. The vulnerability, if exploited, could allow unauthorized access to remote workflows and organizations, posing a significant risk to integrity and availability with a lesser impact on confidentiality. The exploitation risk is heightened due to the low complexity of the attack, which can be carried out by an authenticated attacker with low privileges and without user interaction. The U.S. Secret Service has uncovered a scam where fraudsters stole $34,000 using fake Norton antivirus renewal emails. These phishing emails tricked victims into calling a number and inadvertently granting the scammers remote access to their computers and bank accounts. The funds were traced to a Chase bank account owned by Bingsong Zhao. The Secret Service, through a seizure warrant, aims to recover the funds, considering them as proceeds from criminal activity. Zhao faces charges of wire fraud and involvement in the phishing scam, with potential additional charges related to money laundering and bank fraud. A 29-year-old Ukrainian man was arrested for orchestrating a large-scale cryptojacking scheme, as reported by Europol. The suspect allegedly hacked accounts to create 1 million virtual servers for cryptocurrency mining, illegally generating about $2 million. The scheme involved hijacking cloud computing resources to mine cryptocurrency, significantly impacting the performance of compromised organizations, CPUs, and GPUs, and increasing their power usage. A 2022 SysDig report estimated that cryptojacking costs organizations about $53 for every dollar of Monero mined. The investigation began in January of 2023 after a cloud service provider reported compromised accounts. Collaborative efforts by Europol, Ukrainian police, and the cloud provider led to the development of intelligence to track and identify the hacker. Authorities arrested the suspect on January 9th, seizing computer equipment, bank and SIM cards, and other evidence. The Ukrainian cyber police revealed that the suspect had been active since 2021, using brute force attacks to access 1,500 accounts of a major e-commerce entity's subsidiary. The individual now faces criminal charges under Ukraine's criminal code for unauthorized interference in electronic communications networks. The municipality of Calvia on the Spanish island of Mallorca has experienced a ransomware attack, leading to an extortion demand of approximately 10 million euros. The mayor has firmly stated that the city council will not pay the ransom, 
aligning with Spain's stance as a signatory of the counter-ransomware initiative, which discourages government institutions from paying ransomware demands. The cyber attack was discovered on Saturday and has prompted the formation of a crisis cabinet to assess and manage the situation. Due to the attack, all administrative deadlines in Calvia, such as the submission of civil claims and requests, have been temporarily suspended until the end of January. The council has informed its approximately 50,000 residents of these disruptions and is striving to restore normality as swiftly as possible. A research paper from the UK's RUSI, the Royal United Services Institute for Defense and Security Studies, delves into the multifaceted impact of ransomware attacks, painting a vivid picture of their extensive reach. It reveals that organizations of all sizes are at risk, with ransomware posing a significant threat not just to their financial stability, but also their reputations. The consequences of these attacks stretch far beyond mere financial losses. Individuals, ranging from employees to healthcare patients and students, are subjected to both physical and psychological trauma, highlighting the human cost of ransomware. Furthermore, the study underscores the broader societal implications of ransomware. These attacks disrupt supply chains, erode public trust in law enforcement and public services, and contribute to the normalization of cybercrime. They also provide strategic advantages to hostile states that harbor the cybercriminals responsible for these disruptions. One critical finding is the differentiation in the severity of harm based on the attack's nature. Attacks that encrypt IT infrastructure inflict more severe damages compared to those involving data theft and leakage. The research highlights that the ransomware ecosystem currently finds less profitability in exploiting stolen data for fraud compared to direct extortion tactics. The report provides a comprehensive picture of ransomware's pervasive and multi-layered impact, setting the stage for future research focused on developing strategies to mitigate these wide-ranging harms. Coming up after the break, Ben Yellen explains the New York Times going after OpenAI over data scraping. Stay with us. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard, and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. 
Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. Everybody, want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. And it is always my pleasure to welcome back to the show Ben Yellen. He is from the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security and also my co-host on the Caveat Podcast. Hey there, Ben. Hello, Dave. Uh, Interesting news this week about uh, the New York Times uh, coming after OpenAI over, uh, I guess is it fair to say, the scraping of their data? Yeah, we have a major copyright case upon us here from the old gray lady. Uh, as they call it. Right. So the New York Times, and I think they're not going to be alone in filing this lawsuit. They were just the first one, um, filed suit against both OpenAI and Microsoft, who operate the biggest uh, generative AI platforms at the moment. Mm -hmm. And the cause of action is copyright infringement. Basically, the idea is that people are typing things into ChatGPT like... What did the New York Times have to say about X? How would the New York Times describe X? Mm-hmm. And that is essentially uh, taking somebody else's intellectual property, the work of New York Times writers, editors, etc., and presenting it as their own, either without attribution or without any uh, monetary benefit. So this gets into really complicated areas of the law. We have this doctrine called the fair use doctrine where if you add your own editorial element to it, if you're writing a book review, for example, and you include a passage from the book, but you're adding to that by offering your own viewpoint on it. Or if it's something like a parody, we consider that fair use. That's not a copyright violation. Sure. But I think the allegation here is there really isn't any fair use because in a lot of these cases, it's a basically the equivalent of copying and pasting what might be an article that's behind a paywall, for example. So ChatGPT, uh, so OpenAI and Microsoft have yet to even respond to this lawsuit. That's how new it is. I'm interested to see how they present their defense, if they're going to um, file some type of motion to dismiss. I know you and I talk about the uh, molasses-esque speed of our legal system. (laughs) And this just especially stood out to me. The New York Times article, it's self-referential, about their own lawsuit basically said, this is such a novel legal issue that it might not get figured out for a decade. Wow. Uh, Because we're going to have dueling motions and perhaps a case if they don't settle And then, well, you know, that's a federal district court case, and we'll go to a circuit court, and then maybe the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, And uh, they talked to an expert in this field in the article, and he said a decade is an eternity in the market that we're currently living through. Right. I think that's true, and I think this is a great example of, I wish there were some way to expedite our legal system so that we could resolve this issue before it's too late. 
One of the, the interesting things that, that caught my eye in this lawsuit was that the New York Times is making the point that um, when these large language models do the thing that's often described as hallucinating, right. where they make up things, that that could be detrimental to the Times because uh, it could be it could be attributing things to the Times that the Times didn't actually say. Right. I mean, you could have a defamation suit there. Very clearly, hmm. uh, especially if the Times would suffer reputational harm. I think that's going to be a whole other venue for legal challenges. I think this one is more about appropriating copyrighted material, material the New York Times have put their uh, writers on, etc. What about this argument that, uh, you know, if, if I walk into a museum and look at all the paintings on the walls, and then I, you know, leave the museum and come up with my own painting but I'm clearly influenced by all the paintings that I've seen. That's not a violation of copyright. Right. I mean, I think we're going to have to delineate the line between being influenced by something and uh, copying and pasting, or what's essentially copying and pasting directly from the suit itself. Right. Uh, and I don't know if we've developed a, par a proper dividing line there, and I'm not sure there is a way to do it. I mean, you could have something that's in the style of the New York Times, mm -hmm. Um but if it's so close to the actual content that the Times created, then I think even if it's not word for word, it is a copyright uh, violation. You know, what some of these media companies have done and I think will do is come up with licensing agreements with companies like OpenAI where they get together and say, let's avoid litigation. We'll come up with an agreement. Whatever that agreement is, you pay us X amount of money. Uh, so we're licensed to reprint, to a certain extent, material that's been drafted from your news source. I think that's the best short-term solution here. It's going to require intense negotiations, and maybe the sides won't be able to reach an agreement. But it has happened already. I think they mentioned this article um, that a couple of news sources have already come up with these data licensing agreements with OpenAI. Yeah. Um, one of them is Axel Springer, which owns outlets like Politico and Business Insider. And then the Associated Press as well. Um, I think the New York Times wants to have these conversations with Microsoft and OpenAI, and I think the threat of a lawsuit would be a way to spur those conversations. That'll certainly get their attention. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, I, I've seen criticism of this lawsuit where um, in order to get the chat GPT, for example, to spit out something verbatim, they had to put in such a specific prompt basically, you know, luring the system into spitting out things or, or putting such tight guardrails on the system that it had very little choice but to spit out something verbatim from the original and that this isn't what the large language model attempts to do under normal circumstances. This is a bit of an edge case. Right, but in some cases, you know, if I asked you to print a copy of something that was copyrighted mm -hmm. and my direct ask was give me an exact copy of it and I presented it as my own produced work, I mean, that would still be a copyright violation even if it was not something done in the normal course of business. Right. Like, I still think there is a problem in these limited circumstances where somebody says, what would David Brooks say about X subject? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the answer is going to be pretty directly cribbed from something that David Brooks himself wrote, if not his exact op-ed. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't think we've uh, figured out a, a way to solve this problem yet. I think the best way to do it is these types of licensing agreements, um, which can only be spurred by this type of litigation, I think. 
Well, we'll hold on to the bar for a decade-long roller coaster yeah, ride. Yeah, means you're going to have to keep me around for the next decade, so I'll take it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Ben Yellen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And finally, the Akron Beacon Journal in Ohio shares the sad case of Edward Riley, an 85-year-old Ohio resident who encountered difficulties cashing in his $1,000 lottery scratch-off win due to a cybersecurity incident at the Ohio Lottery. A recent cyber attack on the Ohio Lottery's systems on Christmas Eve has disrupted services, affecting the processing of winnings over $599. With limited options, Riley faced the choice of either mailing his winning ticket to the Ohio Lottery Central Office in Cleveland, risking loss or theft, or using the Ohio Lottery smartphone app for direct deposit into his bank account. Opting for the app, Riley, who is not tech-savvy, struggled for hours to set it up and now faces a 10-day wait for his winnings. The investigation into the cyber attack is ongoing, with no clear timeline for when normal service will resume. Riley, a longtime lottery player since 1974, commented on the importance of the lottery in his life, especially after the passing of his wife. It turns out, in Ohio, hitting the jackpot isn't nearly as hard as cashing out your winnings. And that's The Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. Your feedback helps us ensure we're delivering the information and insights that help keep you a step ahead in the rapidly changing world of cybersecurity. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K's strategic workforce intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. 
Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. Cyber.